Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, folks. Welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbyte's weekly news show rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. We have a jam-packed show for you this week. Uh, I get you ready for the upcoming week because there are a ton of game releases, some you're definitely aware of, some that might have totally snuck up on you. Uh, I check in with Mike Williams, staffer here at fanby.com about the game Writers Republic. I even tell you what fanby.com is going to pivot to in the future. You won't want to miss that. It's a very important segment. (laughs) First, we have to get to our top stories of the week. It has been a truly terrible year for Activision Blizzard, um, and it's not getting much better. Uh, This week, it was announced that both Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 will be receiving an even longer delay than initially thought. Uh, It is moving outside of 2022 and slipping into 2023 and beyond. They're going to miss both their uh, external Uh, their initial target dates, I mean. Um, Overwatch 2 uh, is not a huge surprise because that game has been in such a limbo with departures of major prominent players uh, in the the development of this game, uh, as well as just kind of a a confusing structure. Why do we need this? Do we need Overwatch 2? How much are the fans of the Overwatch series really clamoring for this PvE experience? Uh, That all remains to be seen. However, they're going to spend at least another year trying to figure out what that means. Uh, In the case of Diablo 4, I'm a little surprised because we do know from some internal sources uh, that the game is like decently far along um you know we've seen some things uh in the early uh going from diablo 4 that look pretty promising but it kind of makes sense because they've got diablo 2 uh the resurrection they've got uh diablo mortal coming out which is the mobile game of course so there is some diablo stuff to fill this void uh but it is a little surprising that it's totally missing 2022 and instead of 2023 uh this is just an ongoing problem uh we kind of get the sense or at least i do that blizzard didn't say that these games were slipping initially because they wanted to basically keep folks interested in the games that they're making uh, while all this terrible stuff with the lawsuits and labor violations and the the possible sexual misconduct where while that all you know uh, gets taken care of slowly but surely um they still want players excited about these video games. So I kind of get it. But at the same time, this kind of delay moving from 2022 to 2023 and knowing that now announcing that now in November of 2021 
tells me that they knew this for a while, that these games were going to miss those 2022 windows. And it just tells me that they wanted to basically keep folks interested as long as they could uh, to let them know that there's still some stuff to be excited about. And listen, like if you're a Blizzard fan, if you're an Activision fan, whatever, like they have a lot of stuff that they need to deal with. But if you if you like World of Warcraft, if you like other stuff, I'm not saying that you can't like those things, but I'm saying that like their slate of games right now as they exist are not the most exciting things in the world. They're not new. They're struggling. WoW is struggling to keep up with Final Fantasy 14. Hearthstone Top Decks is maybe the leader in card games in a, in a, a group that is getting even busier with card games with indies like Inscription and things like that. Um, but uh, Blizzard Slate is a little bit dire right now because they're coming out with remakes. Mobile games don't set the world on fire, at least the way that they used to, um, or at least the way that the Blizzard fan base actually wants them to. And yeah, there's just a lot of bad stuff going on. But that was maybe even the lesser news of the week for Activision Blizzard, because in the same breath that they announced uh, the delays of those major games, we learned that uh, Jen O'Neill, the co-leader of Blizzard that was appointed back in August of 2021. That was just a few months ago uh, to uh, to basically lead Blizzard along with Mikey Barra. Um, Jen O'Neill has stepped back. She's she's leaving the company. She's going to go join uh, a women in games uh, not for profit and and leave Blizzard altogether. So after three months, Jen O'Neill has decided to leave. Um, what started as a promising uh, appointment, uh, putting Jen O'Neill in a position of power uh, to lead this team, uh, has now ended three months into her tenure. She's gone. Now, what could they have done differently? Now, obviously, they could have basically just handed Jen O'Neill the reins solo and said they had it be a co-venture uh, when um, J. Michael J. Allen Brack left the company uh, after sexual misconduct allegations surfaced and he failed to prevent them. Um, they could have just handed Jen O'Neill the reins and, and let that be uh, a solo leadership venture, and maybe that would have been the better call. Instead, they tag-teamed it, and um, and now Jen O'Neill is gone. Uh, we know that the reaction from Blizzard workers has been very negative uh, of, about Jen O'Neill's departure, very depressing, very deflating, um, as they try to get more and more things passed through Blizzard to change the culture there. Um, I'm not saying this is some sort of like death knell for the changes that they're trying to make. In fact, uh, Bobby Kotick has agreed to take a pay cut and start implementing other things to track real progress within the company. And that all, that all seems like actual progress. But now the, the workers want to unionize. They announced that on Twitter uh, this past week and no real official response has been made uh, to that uh, suggestion. Um and now it just seems like things are in a weird place. Jen O'Neill's left. These games are super delayed. Mikey Barra is there. It's not really known whether internally he's super respected or not, or whether he's kind of on the same page with all of this stuff. And it's just not a good situation. But if you're into Blizzard uh, games, you're going to have to wait a while for a lot of good news. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, there have been some really wild rumors circulating about how the company might close and then go to a different kind of shell company that some leadership moves over there. And, you know, that these games that are in route are still going to be made, but you know, by different teams. I would ignore those. 
for now, I don't think that that has a lot of merit. I think there's still a ton of uh, workers at Blizzard, Activision, and King um, that would like to do good work without, you know, these awful things happening in the company. Um, so hopefully they get some time to make things right, change some stuff, and these games can get back on track. But more more importantly, it's, it's important that this company gets back on track because it is in a uh, dire situation right now. Um, and, and it's all uh, of their own making, uh, to be clear. I'm not trying to put any sort of blame on anyone but themselves. And they have a lot to clean up. Uh, let's switch gears to uh, a different kind of delay. It's not really a delay, but it's a shortage. Uh, if you want a Nintendo OLED, uh, it's going to get even harder to find them uh, soon because there are supply shortages. You've heard this before. There are supply shortages for almost everything right now, but especially for uh, chips and things like that that go into these consoles. Uh, Nintendo has basically adjusted their expectations for sales of these OLED devices for the rest of the year because they believe that they will have less supply than they initially thought. Um, I, for one, like the Nintendo OLED. I've never really said that, I think, on the show, but I got an OLED. I, I Comparing it to my launch switch uh, that I got in uh, 2017, it's got much better battery life. Uh, it's got the kickstand, which is way better. It's got that onboard uh, uh, Ethernet jack for uh, for the dock, which is really nice. The dock is a little bit lower profile. It doesn't feel like a flimsy piece of toy plastic to me. Um, and the actual switch itself, the, the screen is absolutely gorgeous. The comparison between the OLED and the launch switch in terms of the screen, there almost is no comparison. So it is a gorgeous piece of hardware. I really like it. If, you're, if you have a launch switch and some extra cash, I definitely recommend it. Although it will be harder to find it right now. Um, there was a, the supply crunch is, is also had an impact on overall switch sales. Uh, 37% fall in monthly sales to 214 units compared to last September. So last September they were doing uh, more sales of switch units. It's not super surprising, but with these supply crunches, it's uh, it's been harder to find one. One of the most interesting stories of 2021 is Masahiro Sakurai and the end of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, we know that no more content will be made for this specific game in the storied franchise, uh, but we don't know is what the future is for that franchise and what the future is for Masahiro Sakurai. Does he go work on something else finally? Or does Smash go on to someone else for them to work on it? What happens? Does Smash just die? Do we get no more Smash ever? Uh, the, the short answer is we're we're not sure, but in an interview with Famitsu Magazine uh, and translated by Silicon Era, thanks, uh, Sakurai has given some interesting answers to some of these questions. Uh, his desire is to stay uh, on as Smash director for as long as new Smash content is made, uh, which is very interesting. Now, he's not sure if that's going to happen or, or if he's going to work on something first. He just doesn't know the answers to these questions. But it does seem that if Smash is to be made, Sakurai will be the director of Smash. In fact, he went so far as to say that they tried in the past to make Smash content without him being the director, and it, quote, did not go well, end quote. Uh, that is a very interesting thing to say, and it would be a very big departure from things that we actually know. Uh, did they try to make something between uh, the Wii, Wii U version or the Wii U version and Switch version? Did they try to make something happen there and it didn't go well? We just actually have no idea what that means. We can only speculate um, as they're very, very tight-lipped about stuff like that uh, out of Japan, uh, Japanese developers. Uh, but 
we really don't know. There was a six year gap between Brawl and Smash 4. Uh, maybe Sakurai was working on the Kid Icarus Uprising stuff and someone else is working on Smash and didn't go well. That's like the best uh, guess that we have here at the website. Uh, but it's a very interesting thing. And if you love Sakurai and his involvement in Smash, it doesn't sound like that Smash will be made without Sakurai. So that might be good news for you. Um, Harry Potter Wizards, the game from the Pokemon Go folks, Niantic, uh, that game's closing down in January. On January 20, uh, 31st, 2022, that game is going to sleep forever. Um, uh, Jeff Grubb and some other folks have pointed out that uh, while Pokemon Go made something like $1.1 billion this past year, uh, Harry Potter Wizards made, I think it was like $4 million by comparison. That's a really big difference. I said B billion uh, Pokemon Go to M million Harry Potter Wizards. Really, really, really big difference. Um, Also, like, you know, this game is closing. I'm sorry for the folks that worked on it or love the game. Like, you know, sorry, the wizard stuff, whatever. J.K. Rowling just, I mean, fucking sucks. So we should just quit making these for a while i know it's like the biggest franchise in the world but like we can just let harry potter go to sleep for a while i feel like anyway uh speaking of letting things go to sleep uh marvel's avengers is removing the microtransactions uh no one uh, positively reacted to these and uh, after some time of sitting on it without really communicating with the uh, fans of the uh, of the game uh they released the following statement quote we apologize for not responding sooner to your concerns about the addition of paid consumables in the marketplace we introduced them as an option for an evolving player base and did not see them as a pay to win since they don't offer power directly after considering your feedback we've decided by that by the end of today and this is a few days ago we will remove heroes catalysts and fragment extractors for purchase they will continue to be earnable rewards and those already owned are still usable we hope that this can be the first step in rebuilding your confidence in us as a team it continues to be our goal to make the very best game possible thank you for being part of the marvel's avengers community Oh boy, uh, that's uh, okay. So a live service uh, tried to implement a uh, paid, well, it's not really pay to win, but there are paid consumables. Paid consumables aren't necessarily pay to win because it's not power, but a lot of consumables can help you uh, basically do better. So I would say it's pay to win anyway. That's, that's semantics. The point is, is that they tried to do a thing. It was super unpopular, and then they went back on it. Here's another thing that's pretty wild. On November 30th, uh, Spider-Man is joining the uh, team of heroes on PS4 and PS5. Remember, it's not coming to the Xbox uh, uh, platforms or PC. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man, which was announced like 480 days ago, um, is uh, finally coming to that uh, to that game. So no more consumables that you can buy in the marketplace and also Spider-Man 480 days late. So yeah, um, it's a lot. Uh, Sony and Square are obviously still invested in the series in some way. Uh, Square is kind of doubling down a lot of the stuff. Um, if you're curious, like if you played Marvel's Avengers and you were like, there in somewhere in here is the soul of a good story based single player action game. If you thought that to yourself, I have great news for you. Square Enix made a game called Guardians of the Galaxy that just came out, and 
it's pretty good. It has none of the bullshit in it. No microtransactions, no live service stuff. Uh, it's, it's not very confusing to get in there and play. It is just a straightforward single player action game. And it's pretty good. I'm shocked because I'm like, I'm not the biggest guardians of the galaxy, like as a concept fan, but this game's pretty good. I've been playing it for like four or five hours now. And I, I like it. I'm probably going to finish this game. That's rare. That's really rare for me. Um, we're going to stick with Marvel for one second, but uh, switch it over to the Firaxis team uh, that uh, announced Midnight Suns earlier this year. Uh, it was going to be a March 2022 release, but they've already delayed it to the second half of the calendar year. So that could be anything from a three to nine month delay from that March 2022 date. Um, it's not a huge shock. Uh, Take two's biggest games of the year, like Tiny Tina's Wonderland and uh, WWE 2K22. I think it is. Uh, they were, uh, they're both like coming out in March. So it doesn't, it makes some sense to move another take two published game out of that time. Uh, but still uh, this midnight suns game, it's a big Marvel release. It's a big uh, follow up to the XCOM franchise. It's not exactly an XCOM like, but it's close. Uh, that's, it's going to be the back half of 2022. So if you're excited about that in March, you'll have to wait a little bit, a little while longer, which is kind of a bummer. Not really huge news at this moment because it's already out. And if it's already out, is it really news? But Animal Crossing's uh, 2.0 big update dropped almost uh, 36 hours ahead of schedule uh, this past week, which put a lot of us on notice because we had a lot of stuff that we were going to make for the game, like our guides and stuff. And we had to basically drop what we were doing and do it like two days early, which is really frustrating and i know nintendo doesn't care about guide writers but i care about guide writers because i know two of them and i I love them and i want them to be happy and and healthy and not feel like they have to do everything they they do to get animal crossing guides out and we tell them that and they don't have to get them out right away but they still feel compelled to do it it's a bad cycle we're trying to get away from it we're trying to develop better skills to say, Hey, this doesn't have to happen now. It can happen later. It's fine. The SEO rat race is totally weighted toward the victors already. It's not a big deal. If we're a little bit late anyway, am I still talking? I'm really sorry, but the animal crossing stuff came out. If you want to find a bunch of guides for not only the 2.0 update, which added some stuff, but also the DLC, which also is out at this point, uh, you can do so uh, over at fanby.com. Uh, we have a ton of guides for basically the new villagers and farming stuff and uh, all the DLC stuff you could do on the new islands. Uh, so, yeah, please go over there. Uh, if you forget the URL for our guide specifically, it's oshit.help. That's O-H-S-H-I-T dot help. O-shit dot help. That's not a joke. If you go to oshit.help, you can find all of our guides in one place. Uh, we also saw a 15-minute uh, video of Elden Ring gameplay footage. Uh, still without like a lot of UX elements and with the narrator and a lot of edits, I'll say that. We did see the overall loop of Elden Ring, and it looks a lot like a big, beefy, open-world I dare I say it breath of the wild, like that from software is made. There's a lot of verticality. There is climbing, but it's mostly like turbo jumping with your horse and stuff. Um, 
it's amazing. Using the vertical space, there's a jump button now, which we knew about, but kind of seeing that in action was really interesting. We saw a lot of different kind of gameplay types. We saw stealth. We saw uh, the player shoot someone with a sleepy arrow. And when uh, you approach the sleeping person, you can stab them and kill them and take their essence or souls or blood or whatever it's called. Um, it looks really, really cool. It's, it, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Uh, it's everything you expect from a, from software game, but they kind of understand, uh, modern open world design. It feels like, um, and in a game that I, I feel like breath of the wild is a standard bearer here. And I don't think that's controversial. I'm, I'm a big proponent of that game. It's my favorite game of all time. And what they did that was so special is they littered the world with surprises Little surprises, not even huge surprises, but little surprises all over the place. Breadcrumb trails, things that you can see in the distance and explore. It feels like if any team is going to take that philosophy and apply it to their own open world design, it's going to be from software because there are secrets galore in these very, very uh, specific structured games like uh, Demon Souls and Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Like There are surprises there, and I'm super excited to see what those surprises are in this game. The game looks super hard. I, you know, whatever. Like if these games aren't your thing, I think this is going to be more of the same. And in, and in fact, there seems to be a lot of Sekiro DNA in this, which might be the hardest game of the From Software canon. So who knows? Maybe the open world structure and some of the changes they're making to the overall flow of the game will make it easier for newcomers. I know that I feel more invited to play this game already just because I can kind of explore and it looks like there are times you can catch your breath. Um, but still, this looks like a big, big, big From Software game. We're super excited for it. Comes out in February, of course, and uh, we will be playing it. Of course, Merit will be playing it over at twitch.tv slash fanbite uh, in the uh, merit souls canon i'm super excited for that and that's uh that's gonna wrap for this uh this week's top stories there was a lot to go over and uh yeah there'll be a lot we're gonna be paying attention to over the next few weeks especially when it comes to what's going on with blizzard Ubisoft's Writer's Republic is one of those games that looks very interesting to me, but I haven't really played it and I don't know what to do. So, you know what? I asked I asked Mike Williams, staffer here at fanby.com to just like give me a short version. I should play Writer's Republic if you should play Writer's Republic if the gap left behind by the absence of EA Sports big games like SSX and FIFA Street is a yawning void within you. Ubisoft has been hunting for an extreme sports experience for years, and they finally found the formula. A little bit of steep skiing and snowboarding, plus the ability to quick switch vehicles from the crew too, all thrown into an excellent mashup of the wilds of California, Utah, and Wyoming. You can cruise over the treetops in a wingsuit, then switch to your downhill bike to tear through those tight mountain roads. Or use your paramotor to glide from the top of a glacier before switching to the snowboard to carve your own path down the slopes. There are three categories of sport, biking, snow, and air, with a number of vehicles inside each and a cornucopia of events tied to each one. Once you find the sport you're a fan of, you can just spend your time focusing specifically on that. If you're a bike fan, for example, there's downhill off-road races, street races, trick courses, and more to tackle. 
You'll also take on jackassian events that see you tearing through the wild on unique vehicles like a rocket cycle, or stunts that require pinpoint precision, like riding a bike on a thin thread across the canyon. Riders Republic is an amazing game to cruise around through. Just seeing the sights and watching other players doing either amazing tricks or eating dirt and stone. It's a world that feels wonderfully alive, and honestly, it stands as a great standard bearer for extreme sports until SSX returns. You need to get on that, EA. Ah, thanks, Mike. That's a good pitch. Wow. Folks, did you know that Mike Williams is like, a good writer and can condense thoughts in a very interesting way. I'm going to go download this game right now. Uh, that, that sold me. I'm into EA big stuff. So I'm going to go and I recommend you do the same. We've got another big week of game releases ahead of us. So let's run down the list and see how bad well, it's going to be hurting at the end of next week. Uh, let's start with uh, November 9th. Uh, November 9th is a big release day for a bunch of games. Uh, one is Airborne Kingdom coming to PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, Disney Classic Games Collection is an interesting package coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on November 9th as well. Football Manager 2022 is coming to PC, and the Xbox Edition as well is coming to Xbox One on November 9th. Forza Horizon 5, which is a really big release. You can check out Paul's amazing review of Forza Horizon 5 over at fanbyte.com right now. That game is coming to PC, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One on November 9th. Jurassic World Evolution 2 is coming to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One on November 9th. My Singing Monsters Playground. It's coming to Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch on November 9th. That rounds out that busy day. Uh, on November 10th, the Final Fantasy V Pixel Remaster is coming to PC. I have played a few hours of the Final Fantasy IV Pixel Remaster. Aside from the UI, UX being just absolutely terrible, Square cannot get their shit together with this UI upgrade stuff that they do. It looks terrible. Uh, but aside from that, it's good. It's got a kind of a remastered soundtrack and it, it, you know, looks pretty nice, all things considered. Uh, and if you want to play Final Fantasy V, which is a very mechanics heavy Final Fantasy game from the 16 bit era, uh, it's a good one. It's coming to PC again on November 10th. Uh, Breakwaters is a PC game coming to, uh, coming out on November 11th. Epic Chef is coming to PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch on November 11th. Uh, probably the biggest November 11th release is the Grand Theft Auto, their trilogy definitive edition coming to basically everything pc ps5 ps4 xbox series x and s xbox one and no and nintendo switch again that's november 11th that is the package of all three of the uh the six i almost said six 16 bit the uh ps2 xbox era grand theft auto games that's grand theft auto 3 grand theft auto vice city grand theft auto san andreas uh, probably the best game of that package is San Andreas. It's really big. It's beefy. It has the most, I, I think it has the soul of the modern GTA games. If that's kind of what you're into, I have a ton of nostalgia for Vice City. That soundtrack is just an all timer. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, a lot of new textures. The the graphics look pretty good. Uh, I don't think these games have aged particularly well, but the the remaster does look good. Uh, they've got uh, updated controls. We went over a bunch of details of the the uh, the upgrades a couple episodes ago. Uh, so if you want to hear all of those, you can. But it's a really complete package. November 11th. Uh, Kainga, Seeds of Civilization, comes to PC also on November 11th. Killer in the Cabin comes to PC on November 11th. Mega Aquarium Architects Collection DLC comes to PC on November 11th. Uh, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, a very good game that is being remade right now, so keep that in mind before you go out and get it on Nintendo Switch on November 11th. I think this is still a great game. If you want to pick it up because you want to play the original uh, it's very good, and I definitely recommend it. However, remember, again, we're probably like two years out from this coming out on uh, PS5 with a total remake. So keep that in mind. Uh, and also rounding out November 11th is the Skyrim Special Edition. Yes, that's right. Skyrim with a bunch of bells and whistles, some mod support, things like that. Coming to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One November 11th. I cannot wait until uh, six years from now or whatever where the Xbox 4 or whatever comes out with Skyrim Special Edition Special Edition. You know, Todd will do it. He's not afraid. He has no shame. And we keep buying it. I mean, it's not not really even his fault. I mean, every time he makes another one of these and puts it out, we lap it up. And it's not even the best one of these. It's not even the best Elder Scrolls game. That's Morrowind. And I know a lot of people have a lot of fondness for Oblivion. It's kind of like retro, kind of like retcon. That Oblivion's not that good. It's not my favorite. But it's better than you remember. Anyway. Punk Wars comes to PC on November 12th. And rounding out the week, a very busy week, is another banger. Shin Megami Tensei 5 for Nintendo Switch, also on November 12th. If you want to know about this engaging, difficult, beautiful, strange, weird game uh, that is in the uh, same family as Persona games. Listen, Shin Megami Tensei came first. But that, that's not to say that you, you necessarily know that. Persona, which was a spinoff of the Shin Megami Tensei series, is far more popular, far more mainstream. You've definitely heard of a Persona game. You've probably played one. If you're interested in the series that kind of made Persona what it is, Shin Megami Tensei is really cool. If you want to get an idea of what that game is like before jumping into the brand new one, you can get Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne, the HD remaster on the Nintendo Switch. The game is still 50 bucks, so it's not like you can, I don't know, shell out 10 bucks to see if you like this game. But it is similar in kind of the style and structure I've heard uh, as Shin Megami Tensei 5. Uh, Steven Strong, managing editor for fanby.com has written an excellent review over uh, on fanbyte.com, of course, uh, if you want to know more about Shin Megami Tensei 5. I will definitely be picking this up. I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about this game. Uh, it's definitely different for JRPG fans, different from stuff that you might be used to. Uh, it's not a Final Fantasy. It's definitely harder and weirder. But that's okay. It's its own thing. 
Uh, we learned more about what is coming and going from Xbox Game Pass uh, in November, so I want to update everyone on that. Uh, I think I went over these last week, but we'll go over some of them again. Uh, the, I mentioned Football Manager 2022 and the Xbox Edition coming on November 9th. Those will also be Game Pass games. So if you're interested in Football Manager 2022, don't pay for it. If you've got Game Pass, you can just go download it. Uh, same with Forza Horizon 5. Uh, this is kind of the magic of Xbox, to be totally frank and... I know I sound like a shill. I don't I don't care. It's a good deal. Uh, this game is incredible. And day one, you can get it on Game Pass. Just go download it, which is amazing. Uh, and the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas Definitive Edition, not all three, but just San Andreas. And San Andreas might be the best one anyway, uh, is also on Game Pass day one, November 11th on console and PC. Uh, one step from Eden is a PC console and cloud game uh, on November 11th that you can grab. And also on November 11th, this is a big day for Game Pass. Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Anniversary Edition Day 1. Console, PC, cloud. You can get it. Um, we found out what's leaving Game Pass, okay? And you have some time. So November 15th is when all of these games leave Game Pass. So you don't have to panic today, but... Before the 15th, remember to grab these games before they leave forever. Uh, Planet Coaster, Console Edition, River City Girls. That's a really good one. Make sure you get that. Star Renegades, uh, mixed on that one, but it's all right. Uh, Streets of Rogue. Hey. Uh, the Gardens Between. And then the big one, in my opinion, Final Fantasy VIII HD. If you haven't played Final Fantasy VIII, if you've been too afraid to try, if your friends have falsely told you that this game isn't as good as the others in the series, now's your chance. You got to go download it on your Xbox Game Pass before November 15th before it goes away. Uh, it is one of the best games in the series. It is very interesting, does a lot of stuff differently. The junction system is rewarding, but it is a little confusing. But that's okay. Once you master it, you'll feel like a total magician. And Zeldink eats a lot of hot dogs, and that's kind of funny. Anyway, there's like space and stuff and like sorceresses. It's awesome. Great game. Uh, that's a big week. Folks, uh, I've been talking about it for like two months now. This is just the, the time where every single week there are like five bangers that come out. So if you got Game Pass, you can get a lot of them without even opening that wallet. But some of the other ones, like Shimagami Sensei 5... You gotta shell out. <laughs> this is a brand new segment of Thanks for the Knowledge where I go to our Discord, which you can find and join over at fanbyte.casa. That is fanbyte.casa. You can also find it going to fanbyte.com dot com slash discord but you know the that url with the casa in it it's way more fun so find it that way uh there's a thanks for the knowledge channel now in the discord where folks find out about fanbyte lore and they can ask me questions and things like that uh you can also suggest things that fanbyte pivot to and it was agreed between me and my producer paul tamayo that i would then pitch this as if i'm in an all-hands meeting Saying to the rest of the company, hey, this is what Fanby Media is about to do. So without further ado, I want to present our first winner given to us by Rhea. Thank you, Rhea, for being such a great poster soul 
in our Discord. <clears throat> Have to get ready. <clears throat> Hey folks, I think I think 2021 has been really tough for the media business. You look around and you have a lot of unfocus. And I see that even with fanbyte.com. We cover video games, we cover wrestling, we cover TV and movies. It's confusing to the user. And I think it's time that we really focus in. We really pick the right club to swing. Um at this industry, because I think I see opportunities popping up that we're not grasping. We're not taking a hold of, and it's time for us to get serious about something, a company wide pivot. And I call it the pivot to divot. And it's going to be our focus on the Kings game. We're going to focus on golf because I think when you look at demographics, especially with zoomers, more folks are picking up golf clubs than ever before, and they're picking up at a young age. And it's not just Tiger Woods fans. That's so passe. That's so Gen X. But with Zoomers, people are picking up golf clubs for all sorts of things, practicing TikTok trick shots. And I think there are a lot of opportunities for us to not only cover the game as it exists on television every weekend, every sleepy weekend with Jim Nance whispering in your ear about the, the Kings game, about the Masters, about the PGA Tour. Of course, we'll cover all of that, and that's really important. But I think we're going to also be covering mini golf. We're going to be covering uh, the best uh, mini golf courses, the, the hardest holes. Um, we'll be doing a, a happy a happy Gilmore uh, rewatch retrospective, which I think is going to be really important. Um, and it's going to be something that, that I think is... Is going to change the industry. I think uh, we'll we'll definitely get some. Yeah, no, I hear y'all laughing. We'll definitely get some. Um, definitely get some copycats. I mean, we've gotten some already for for a lot of the other things that we do, and that's fine. Listen, if folks want to be chasing us for our ideas, let them. Um, but and, and I know we're going to get right right away. We're going to get Kotaku or something starting up some sort of golf column. I get it, but that's okay. We're really focusing. We're going to hire the best staff. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff, and I've got two pitches uh, for for YouTube and podcast hybrids, um, and and we're gonna start these right away. Basically, uh, one is called Hole in One, uh, and of course that's gonna be someone show uh, reviewing golf anime on a, on a YouTube channel. Um, it's not his YouTube channel; it's ours, uh, and I'm really excited to see uh, that show take off, and I think everyone else will be too. Uh, and of course, Divot Talk with Eagle Beagle and the Birdie Bulldog, the Hounds of Hole. Uh, these are two amazing uh, radio DJs from uh, from New Mexico that we have hired to basically talk about golf every week. Um, we'll we'll have a rotating cast on that one. I think we'll have guests come in uh, from from not only the Fanbite staff but outside as well to talk about the best game in the world, and that's that's golf. That's getting the ball in the hole uh, with those with those tiny clubs. Um, if anyone has questions about this, please just you know let me know. It's jwarren at fanbyte.com. Of course, my Slack is open. Uh, Discord, you know, you can find me wherever day or night to ask me about pivot to divot. Um, but we are going to start this now, uh, starting starting Monday. Of course, you, you've got a few days to basically update your uh, your uh, you know your, your articles and your your social profiles to make sure people know that you're focusing on golf from now on. So um, yeah, that's that's about it for that. Uh, again, uh, save your questions just like let me know after the meeting and um 
you know, we can, we can, <laughs> we can tackle this amazing 18 hole course together. Okay. All right. And scene. Uh, if you would like to get your own pivot idea uh, out here and for me to pitch it and come up with the best pitch possible, um, you can do so over at fanbyte.casa. And I suggest you do so. We have a really fun time over there. If you want to know about Fanbyte lore, that channel is the best place to do it. I'll drop stuff like stuff our, our company was almost called, uh, stuff the website was almost called, uh, information like this. And I'll share this one with you for free. Is that Paul and I have been the only two reviewers. This is by my account. I haven't done exhaustive search, but I believe this is true. The only two reviewers of two direct sequels that we reviewed at fanbyte.com. Forza Horizon 4 was the first review ever posted at fanbyte.com, written by yours truly. It was actually written on October 23rd, 2020, uh, excuse me, 2018. And if that sounds odd to you, it's because it actually was written and posted before the website went live because we had about a month of content uh, planned and written so that when we took the site live on October 31st, 20, uh, 2018, that there would be a lot of stuff there. So I wrote the Forza Horizon 4 review, and I love that game. And then Paul wrote the Forza Horizon 5 review, which came out just a few days ago. It's a really good review. You should go read it. Uh, but that's a little bit of fanbite lore. Paul and I, producer and host, uh, the two writers of the two direct sequels that have been reviewed by fanbite.com. Wow. That's going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank Mike Williams for giving me the download on Writer's Republic. Thanks, Mike. If you want to follow Mike over at Twitter, you can do so at Automatic Zen. If you want to follow Paul, my wonderful producer, you can do so over at Polly Mayo. Of course, you should listen to The Optional, another one of Fanbyte's amazing podcasts that Paul hosts along with Cam Brewster. It's a great show. I think you should listen to it. Also, again, Paul wrote our review of Forza Horizon 5. You should go check that out. If you want to follow me, you can do so over at Floppy Adult. If you want to follow Fanbyte, you can at Fanbyte Media. All of our podcasts can be found at podcastnet.work and fanbyte.casa. C-A-S-A is our Discord. Please join it. There's a Thanks for the Knowledge channel. We're having a great time talking about Fanbyte lore and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and also maybe speculating on some new stuff that you can find only there. It's a great channel. I think you should go there. You should check it out. Fanbyte.casa. Uh, all right, folks. Until next week, you're welcome. Thank you.